Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Welcome to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. I am Frank Stanfield, no Greg Sussman. Out partying hard, and we know how that usually ends. It's with some kind of fruity drink in his hand, or hand him laying in a pool somewhere. But Greg Sussman, he's out for the rest of the week, Thursday and Friday, which means it's me, Frank Stanfield. Here we got a fun show planned for today. We'll of course have Doctor Ray of Inside Injuries on in the second hour. Chris Venture will join me as well to break down all of the action from yesterday, jam-packed day yesterday, as always. But here on Thursday, like we always like to do, we have. Brad Ziegler on the show. Brad, how's everything going, man? Uh, what's going on? Not a lot. It, it didn't seem right without, uh, you know, without Greg kind of doing the do, 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 I mean, that's, I'm kind of used to hearing that, and, and it's, in, in a way, it's kind of refreshing. Kind of refreshing. Oh, man. Uh, that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it, I guess. Look, I can't sing and dance without Greg. We are, uh, we are a two-man group. I will not do a, uh, a solo act without him. Um, and, and I think it's only fair, you know, I mean, I could have, I mean, we could restart the show and me and you could sing and dance together if you want, Brad, but I, I don't know how many people want to hear or see that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I definitely don't. And, uh, I appreciate you not doing it. Oh <laughs> uh, man. So I uh, look, we got a lot to talk about as usual when it comes to uh, baseball and fantasy baseball, but Brad, I think, you know, a, a very big topic of conversation has been, you know, where is Dallas Keuchel going to land? Where is Craig Kimbrell going to land? Uh, we have a lot of uh, potential suitors for for both of those guys. I mean, you hear the Atlanta Braves thrown around for Craig Kimbrell. It uh, makes a lot of sense, obviously, what they've gone through with their closure situation this year. Uh, but the Red Sox also have issues. Uh, so let's start right there. Let's start right there. Uh, with Keuchel and Kimbrell, the draft compensation goes away on June 2nd. So uh, we're rapidly approaching that. that. That's just a few days away. The MLB draft is next week. So that draft compensation will be gone. And with that, where do you think Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell will land? If I had to pick, I, I would actually send them both to Atlanta. Um, I, I think Atlanta's got the money to spend. They're not afraid of the years. Um, that's what Boston doesn't want to get into with, with Kimbrell. I don't think they want to give him the, the four or five-year deal that he's looking at. I don't think Atlanta cares. They're in a win-now mode, and and if they feel like the contract's a little too long, they would take it if it, if it meant playoff, uh, playoff run, uh, World Series opportunity. Uh, in the short term. So um, I could see them both going there and, and Atlanta opening up the, the checkbook as soon as the draft passes. So the Atlanta Braves for both Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell, you know, as I just said, I think Kimbrell there makes a lot of sense. You know, Luke Jackson has done a fine job. He's done a right. I mean, he's blown a few saves, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. Uh, they've transitioned Sean Newcomb to being a reliever. So, uh, you know, he's been all right too since, since they've done that, since he's been called back up, not walking as many guys see the uptick in velocity like we normally do when a starter uh, is moved into the bullpen. So he's been all right, but they still do need you know that lockdown reliever. I know uh, the Atlanta Braves, last year at least, 
they surprised a lot of people because, um, you know, all these prospects came up and, and they started hitting together right away. And, of course, they have another prospect in Austin Riley who's doing it. But this is a team that was expected to compete. Um, and, you know, the NLE seems like it's pretty wide open right now, Brad. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, here in New York, I mean, we hear a lot of chatter about Dallas Keuchel possibly landing with the Yankees. I'm not sure how he would look without a beard. <laughs> Quite frankly, I think that would be that would be pretty weird to see. Uh, but there has been talk of the Yankees as well. But there you go. Brad thinks the Atlanta Braves could be in on both. I think it makes a lot of sense as well. Brad, I want to transition a little bit here. You know, I mentioned a prospect right now in Austin Riley who has not been struggling. He's been awesome. In fact, he hit a grand slam again last night. I mean, the, the kid is just taking the league by storm. But right now, two of the prospects who are not taking the league by storm includes Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Eloy Jimenez. Now, we've been getting a lot of questions recently about Eloy. Can I drop him? What do I do with him? I think the prospect pedigree is just too great. His upside is too great. What he did in the minors, uh, ability to make contact, hit for good batting average, obviously has the power upside as well. Uh, you know, what, what I've been telling people is you can't drop a guy like Eloy Jimenez. You can't drop that kind of talent. And obviously, no one's asking if you could drop Vladimir Guerrero. But if we're being honest, he struggled. I mean, you know, he's hitting sub-250. He's been, you know, in and out of the lineup here. So what have you seen from both of these guys so far? Uh, why do you think that they've been slumping? And what would you tell fantasy owners who own them right now? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't drop anybody. Um, it, it's especially, you know, any, any kind of a dynasty keeper league, like you just, just stash them and, and hang loose. Um, but, but even in a current league um, there, you know, like you said, that their talent is immeasurable and, and it's immense and, and they, they are going to have success. The question is, will it happen this year? And, and we talked on, on previous shows that I'm not a huge believer in, in having a lot of rookie bats on my team. I, I trust rookie pitchers a lot more uh, when they have this pedigree because, it's it is more difficult for hitters to adjust to a pitcher that you only see 30 32 times over a year at most as opposed to a hitter that you know will put up 100 at bats in a month and and so um you get a lot more film on them really quick and and consequently uh i i think these guys are just going through through slumps they're probably pressing a little bit there's a lot of expectations um, you know, they come up and and all the local newspapers are billing them as the savior for this team. Uh, um, and it's it's a lot to to deal with in, a, in addition to the life changes that come with getting called up. That's no different than getting traded. You're, you've got to pick up and move everything. Um, you don't know how long it's going to be there. You got to you know, if you're only going to be there for while someone's on the DL, you got to kind of keep your place in in triple A or double A, wherever you were. Um, just in case you do get sent back down, you don't have to scramble and find a new place to live there. So there's just a lot that, that goes into it. And and I'm I'm inclined to just kind of hang loose with these guys um, and, and hope that at some point they hit a hot streak where you can use them. And and uh, again, in a season long league, when that value spikes like that, then then I recommend trading them and and, uh, you know, getting as much value for them as you can. Yeah, and Brad has been on record saying that before, that, you know, whenever these prospects or younger players go on uh, these hot streaks, sell them. Sell them because, you know, are they going to be able to keep it up for the entirety of this season? Look, we know the type of talent that a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. possesses and Eloy Jimenez, and for years to come, they're going to be great. But for this year, they're still rookies. So, you you know, you're able, you're allowed to, you know, be skeptical. At the least, you're allowed to have that skepticism. Uh, and I, you know, looking into Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s numbers, uh, it's really crazy how pitchers are approaching him right now because his zone percentage, which you can see on fan graphs, is way below league average. So what does that tell me? Is pitchers are already treating this guy like he's a legitimate slugger in baseball. They're scared to pitch to him. 
they're not pitching him in the zone. So uh, that is something to pay attention to, and I think that's you know part of uh, the struggles for a guy like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is that you know he hasn't seen a lot of good pitches to hit. You know, we knew he was a phenom, and we knew you know he might get pitched around a little bit, but like this, I mean, the guy's being treated like Barry Bonds, and uh, it's his it's his first season in the league, so. Uh, it's really interesting what's going on with Vlad Guerrero and Eloy, but uh, I have to agree with you. Look, we're not dropping these guys. If you want to leave Eloy on your bench for now, I get it. But just know this: you might be, you know, you might be prone to missing out on one of those hot streaks uh, if you do bench him. So you got to keep that in mind. Uh, but obviously, we're not dropping either of those guys. Brad, the Houston Astros uh, seems like they're going through a little bit of what the Yankees were going through earlier on. Uh, now, with all these injuries piling up, all of a sudden, they got George Springer, Carlos Correa, who, the injury, I mean, the last I saw, this guy hurt himself getting a massage. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the Carlos Correa household, but uh, he fractures a rib getting a massage again. He's going to miss the next uh, six to eight weeks they're looking at now, so probably brings us up to the All-Star break. And Jose Altuve has gone down as well. Can you speak on, you know, being in a clubhouse how true is that next man up mentality? How hard is it on a clubhouse when players of this magnitude go down for a team like the Houston Astros, which is obviously expected to compete? Yeah, I, I, I think there's something to it, especially on a team as deep as the Astros. They have a an, an immense prospect uh, bank to choose from. Um, their bench is, is already deep, and so I don't think they're going to miss a whole lot. Um, not that you're going to get the same production out of the replacements, but overall, in the from top to bottom in their lineup, I mean, they've still got Bregman, and he's he's I think he's got you know 45, 50 homer potential this year, and and when you have that in the middle of the order, and then you can kind of build around it, then you get these guys back halfway through the year. Like this is a long season. It, you know, yeah, you might miss a, a month here or there with the guy, but this team is too good. They're going to be in the playoffs. And as long as everybody's healthy going into October, they're going to be totally fine. And, and from, you know, a player's perspective, yeah, it's, it, you're a little, you feel a little snake bit at times, especially when, when it's, it's star after star after star that's getting hurt. Um, at the same time, um, you know, I, I buy the Korea thing. I I've seen, you know, uh, 230 pound massage therapists get on top of somebody and they're putting their knee in their back and, and really grinding a, a deep tissue massage. And when that happens, like it, it doesn't, you know, it, it's easy to see, like it, it, they pressed a little too hard or, or, you know, it doesn't take a lot to crack a rib in the right spot. So um, it's, it's, I, I, it's, I understand it's kind of a fluke thing and, and it's, it's kind of crazy how they're all piling up at once, but, but the key is having these guys, you know, down the stretch late in the season. And, and so the Astros need to do whatever they can to make sure these guys are healthy at that time. Right. I want to piggyback off this injury thing with Carlos Correa, because you just spoke about it. And when you broke it down, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, you know, it, these things can happen, these fluke injuries, but they seem to happen more so to baseball players than anybody else. I mean, we saw it with Blake Snell earlier on this year, uh, getting out of the shower, whatever, fractures his toe. Uh, I, I remember year, uh, years past, the Yankees, uh, Jabba Chamberlain on a trampoline. I mean, it, it can happen to anybody, you know? So it just seems like these injuries happen to baseball players more than anybody else. I mean, what are you guys doing? <laughs> well, what's the craziest injury that you had? Have you hurt yourself doing anything crazy at home like some of the other guys have? No, the, the closest I came uh, to, to have any kind of a fluke injury was uh, I, I was dealing already with some some frayed cartilage in my left knee. And then uh, we, we used to use um, uh, an aerobie uh, for Frisbee conditioning in the outfield in Arizona. And we were, you know, we would chuck it, you know, 60, 70 yards, whatever. And, and the player would take off running, try to run underneath it and catch it. 
and then you have a guy running back and, and basically just running football passes uh, each, each direction, but with a Frisbee. And so we were going out one day uh, before stretch and um, one of the guys just kind of tossed it and it was off to my side a little bit. And just in the, the lunging for it, some of that cartilage in my knee broke loose and, and it became this, this major, um, you know, it was instantly painful. Uh, I had a hard time even walking back to the training room. Um, I, they, they did some treatment on it. Didn't obviously didn't think it was that bad. And and then, you know, a, a month later when we did the MRI, we noticed like there's, there's a, uh, you know, bone on bone, um, the, the cartilage wasn't there and it led to microfracture surgery. And, and granted I was, I was potentially headed that way anyways, because of the frayed cartilage and, um, I was already already knew I was going to have to get a scope at some point, um, but when that cartilage tore loose, um, it was just kind of a crazy fluke thing, just a, a kind of a lunge the wrong way. Uh, but at least mine happened on the field where I had witnesses and and other people to vouch for me that that hey, you know this he was acting totally fine until this happened. So uh, it wasn't like uh, they're like hey, uh, what you know what were you doing at the hotel? It was you know it was it was um, a legit deal, and and I tried to pitch through it for several months, and finally September rolled around, we were out of playoff contention, and I said look. At this point, I got to look toward next year. Let's go ahead and have the surgery done, and I'll try to get back by opening day. Well, Brad, I think I can speak for everybody when I say uh, stay away from the Frisbees, please, because we uh, we need you here <laughs> on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, I did want to ask one more question, piggybacking off the uh, the Astros from earlier and all the injuries that they're going through right now. You've been in clubhouses. You played on a lot of different teams, and I'm sure you've heard chatter about you know potential prospects coming up. What does that do normally to a clubhouse? I mean, does it keep some of the veteran players on their toes. I mean, competition is a good thing, right? So I would imagine if you're a veteran and you hear about this young prospect who's mashing in the minors, I mean, that might be used for motivation, you know, to, to, to help you play better. Obviously, we keep hearing about Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and when are these guys going to be up. Obviously, you don't have that answer. But what does that do for everyone else that's on the team? You know, I, I think there are some guys that, that probably have a little job insecurity uh, when, when that's happening. And and obviously, you know, on a team like the Astros, when they have all the stars they do, there are a lot of guys who are not worried, too. But those fringe players that are that are kind of platooning right now, um, it's in the back of your mind. You're, you know, you're playing for your job. You don't want to be sent down. You don't want to be traded or released uh, from, from a team like the Astros that's a legit World Series contender. You want to be there and, and help the team win. So um, I think you can toy with you a little bit. Um, at the same time, um, you know, guys who are, are secure in their abilities and and trust themselves will just go out and play and, and not let that stuff bother you. And in reality, if a team calls a guy up like that, that, that you've heard a lot about there, we've talked about there are a lot of adjustments for rookie hitters. You know, what Pete Alonso is doing this year is not normal. Um, that, that's not normal for rookie hitter. And in reality, I, I don't think he's going to carry it the, the full length of the season. When, when August and September rolls around and he starts getting into a longer time of the year than he's ever played before, I, I think you're going to see a, a pretty big downturn uh, um, in production there. With, with you know, there's always this uh, adrenaline hype when you first get called up, and and maybe some guys play a little over their head a little bit, and um, at the same time, like I, I think you can just, um, it, you know, I I I want guys on my team who are secure in who they are and what they can do on the field, and they don't try to do too much, and they don't look over their shoulder all the time, um, and, and they're and, and primarily they're there to help the team win, and they're not worried about about the selfishness of what about my next contract or or what about. Uh, you know, my playing time or, or my role on the team, just, um, you know, do what you're told and, and go out and play. And um, it, it looks a lot better to everyone around you um, when you can handle the adversity. Well, right. I have a few more questions for you, but we're coming up on the break here. Uh, are you good to stick around for five, 10 more minutes after the break? Yeah, of course. 
Well, so yeah, I want to I want to get into uh, Derek Dietrich, what he's doing right now. Obviously, you know, you had the opportunity to play with Derek Dietrich, so I'd like to get your thoughts on him and everything that's going on there. And then we'll kind of just get your thoughts real quick on you know uh, whatever you're thinking in terms of fantasy football right now. And we'll also have an announcement coming up as well. Real quick though, you mentioned Pete Alonso. Obviously, we're going to get into him later in the show. Uh, he hit two more home runs last night. I know that you just said. You like to ship these prospects out when they're performing. Is that something you would do with Pete Alonso right now? Yeah, I would. I, you know, his, his, he's still hitting homers, but his average and, and everything is slumping a little bit um, right now. I, I would try to get what I could for him, capitalize on the value, because I, I think at some point there is going to be a tail off later in the year. That's Brad Ziegler. We'll have him coming back from the break as well. Got a few more questions for Brad. It's Frank Sample, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers they're rewarded by how much they win their bet that's pointsbet.com forward slash grid enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets of up to one thousand dollars today welcome back to fantasy best friends forever frank sample alongside the closer chris ventra and we have a few more questions here uh before we start breaking down last night's action chris for Brad Ziegler, former major leaguer. And I think that's more relevant now than ever because we're about to talk about someone who Brad played with, and that was Derek Dietrich back in Miami. And Brad, we've seen this before with the likes of Christian Yelich and JT Realmuto. You look at their numbers, and on the road, their numbers outside of Marlins Park, much better. And I think we're starting to see that now with Derek Dietrich. Obviously not to the same level. He's not this, you know, he doesn't have the same caliber as a Yelich or a JT Realmuto, but... His numbers before the season, if you looked at them, were much better on the road. And now he gets the opportunity to play in a hitter's ballpark in Cincinnati with the Great American uh, Small Park. We'll call it that. Uh, but 
What is going on with Derek Dietrich right now? Is this something that you could have saw coming as someone who played with him? And is this something that we can trust moving forward when it comes to Derek Dietrich? I, I definitely think it's something where you could you could see spurts like this. I mean, he's super streaky. Uh, the biggest thing in Miami is he he hardly ever got regular playing time. And when he did, I mean, even right now, he's only got like 13 at-bats against lefties or something on the year. So so he's he's basically platooning, but it, but he's seen a lot of righties. He's getting in the lineup um, pretty frequently. When they do start a lefty, he's the, the first bat off the bench when a righty comes in. Um, and, and he's hot right now. Like, you you got to love uh, the production you're getting if you're putting him in your lineup. At the same time, like... He he's hit he's had two three homer games this year. Um, you, that's, it's unlikely that's going to happen again. Just you know, just based on ratios, um, he's not going to continue a fifty homer stretch. He he's he could still hit thirty five easy in that ballpark. Um, just you know, just with fly balls, his fly ball percentage is way up this year, and that that may be something they've worked on in, in Cincinnati with him. Uh, that that in Miami is not necessarily the best idea. You want to be a gap hitter in Miami because of how big the park is, and and with the ball not carrying as much. So, um, I, I think it's another one of those things. You almost treat him like like we we talk about with like like with the rookies. Uh, I want to sell high on him because. That the track record is there where that shows he's not a, a 45, 50 homer guy. He's going to hit some home runs still for you, but he's going to hurt you in some other categories. Um, and I want get, to get some maximum value for him while I can. All right, producers downstairs, can we clip that out and make sure we send that to Derek Dietrich so that we can start a long-time rivalry between uh, Brad Ziegler and, and Derek here? No, I'm just kidding with you. But, no, uh, and Dietz, I, I love Dietz. He's a good guy. And, and uh, you know, we, we always got along the whole time that I was in Miami. And um, I, I just, and I, I think in reality, I mean, he, he's a super confident guy. He's going to, you know, go out and probably say that he can keep this up. And he's just grateful for the opportunity. Uh, at the same time, like, it, if he's realistic, he knows he's not a, a 50-plus homer guy. Um, but he, he does put on an impressive BP show, and I think he'd be a lot of fun to have in the home run derby. Well, two things there that you mentioned. You mentioned that he's a super confident guy, um, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, he's kind of been the talk of baseball, not only what he's doing on the field, hitting the home runs, but it's the way he's hitting them. It's the staring at the home run after it happens, the, uh, the bat flips, and, and what he did, what he had going on with Chris Archer earlier on this season. Uh, do, you, do you have any issues with that? I mean, I, I don't... I don't feel like we've asked you that before. Maybe we have, and I'm forgetting. But do you have an issue with, you know, if a, if a hitter hits a home run off of you, him showing you up? Because it seems like that's kind of been a, a topic of discussion when it comes to Dietrich as well. You know, my, my preference is that a guy just puts his head down and runs, a la, you know, Mike Trout or, or whoever you want to say. Uh, at the same time, like, I, the, the one-off archer was too far um, because he basically just stood there and watched. It's different when a guy, you know, even if he's walking, I mean, Adam Dunn was was big at it. And it, as long as he is walking toward first and moving, like, I understand. Like, we wanted to, we don't want to take the fun out of the game. We're trying to attract younger fans. They like the the some of the bat flips or or the, you know, you call them pimp jobs on a home run. Uh, it's It's – it's something that is exciting. It's fun. Like people love to see it. And, and it's kind of a competition between hitters. Like who's going to have the best one at the same time. It can be taken too far. Like I, I had no problem with what Tim Anderson did earlier this year against the Royals. Um, you know, where, because he was pointing at his dugout, he was excited. Um, I thought the Royals throwing at him was absolutely ridiculous. And, and anybody who tried to defend them, I, I would just say you're wrong. Like you, you need to, to move into this century and understand we've got, high um a high level of excitement a high level of exciting young players don't take away their personality enhance it just within reason like like don't don't let him go go so over the top where it, it almost takes away from the game at that point 
Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. I thought the Chris Archer one was a little bit egregious, but outside of that, look, you hit three home runs. I can't really blame you for wanting to, you know, be excited and uh, pimp it a little bit, but, you know, let's, let's, let's keep things moving. And this isn't the first time that the Cincinnati Reds have been able to find a player like this. Remember, you know, they found Scooter Jeanette a couple of years ago, and, you know, they basically, the Brewers basically let him go, and the Reds gave him an opportunity. At first, started off as a strong side of the platoon player, it threw, uh, four home runs in a game, kind of similar to what we're seeing from Dietrich. So this isn't the first time the Cincinnati Reds have done something like this. And it's with that, Brad. I know you love baseball, and we all love fantasy baseball, but football, much like winter, is coming. And yes, I did include that because Greg Tussman wrote it on the rundown, so I wanted to make sure I get his uh, corny Game of Thrones joke in there. But fantasy football is coming. June is right around the corner. July, before you know it, we're going to start drafting. We're going to start talking about it. I wanted to get your thoughts real quick. A sleeper for this season and a bust for the season because I know you are a big fantasy football player. What do you got, Brad? Yeah, sure. I, so I, I went hardcore running backs here because I feel like quarterbacks are easy to find. Wide receivers are, are really easy to find on most waiver wires uh, in, in leagues that aren't 30-man rosters. Um, but running backs sometimes are, are tougher. And, and when you're in the draft, if you hit on your running backs, uh, it, it can be really big for your team. So I'm going to go just from the running back perspective. Um, the, the sleepers that I like this year, um, I, I went on myfantasyleague.com and was just looking at ADPs for this year so far. And and the guys that I see way down on the list, number 39 on the list in PPR leagues is Latavius Murray. And I think Latavius Murray has a big opportunity in New Orleans because, number one, he's a better athlete than Mark Ingram was. He's essentially brought in to take over that same role. And, and Kamara has never been – he's never gotten more than, than 20 or never gotten more than 19 carries in a game. Um, he it's the, the opportunity is there for Latavius Murray to have a big role in this team. I could easily see him being an RB two uh, with some upside for RB one, because the, the running backs in this offense are used heavily. Uh, I, I am a lot more bullish on, on uh, Alvin Kamara or on, sorry, Latavius Murray than, than a lot of other people are. Um, the second one I like, and, and this one is, is tough. I will admit because this backfield is unbelievably muddled. There's a lot of injuries there already. Uh, but the guy that I like, he's number 49 in ADP right now is, is Matt Breida. I think Matt Breida is the most talented running back in that backfield. I think he's the best uh, suited to handle the early down carries, uh, the goal line work. Um, he, he can be a receiver out of the backfield. So it's not the Jordan Howard effect where teams uh, know basically what, what you're getting when he's in there. They don't have to cover him in the passing game. You do have to cover Matt Breida in the passing game. Um, I know he's got a little bit of a, a torn peck right now. Um, but they expect him back for training camp. I'm not concerned about that at all, and, and I think he will shine through. Uh, on the bus side of things, the, the obvious one for me, and this is something I said even before Jay Glazer's latest report, uh, I want nothing to do with Todd Gurley this year. I, I'm nervous that, number one, the Rams brought back Malcolm Brown. Uh, uh, they matched an offer that the Lions had made. Um, they like Malcolm Brown. He's a talented running back when he was given the opportunity. And I, I think they are very concerned by that. And the fact that they drafted Daryl Henderson, that they are concerned with Gurley this year. And, and it's showing in the moves they're making. I think they want that backfield deep. They want guys who can uh, step in and fill that role. And I think they feel both these guys can do that. I don't think Gurley plays 16 games this year. And if he does, I don't think he's a, a, as big of a workhouse a workhorse as he has been the past few years. Uh, so I would that's the obvious one. But the guy that, that I would say is, is a top 10 running back uh, late first round pick that that I would be off of a little bit compared to a lot of other people is Joe Mixon. Uh, I, I'm not sold on the Bengals offense in general. And so I think this production that everybody is, is assuming out of him, uh, A.J. Green, this, this bounce back. 
Tyler Boyd, um, have, you know, basically repeating last year or, or maybe even taking another step forward in his third season. I, I don't see that volume coming out of the Bengals offense. And, and they did draft a couple running backs late. Roddy Anderson, who I really like. Um, he's hurt. He couldn't test. Uh, obviously hurt his draft stock. Uh, but but it, he he will be back, uh, you know, by the beginning of the season, if not a, a couple weeks into the season. And that's a guy that I could see taking some carries because he's super talented. He was really productive at Arkansas or, or sorry, at Oklahoma. I, I think he um, could could be really good. And, and it's a guy uh, that I, I don't think he's going to just overtake Joe Mixon for the job, you know, barring an injury from Mixon. Uh, but at the same time, could eat into the carries a little bit. And, and I. I don't think the Ingles are going to have a, a great game, game script to get running backs a, a lot of volume. I think they're going to be passing a lot because they're going to be chasing teams. Brad Ziegler, the wealth of knowledge here when it comes to football, baseball, fantasy. Uh, Brad, it's been awesome having you on the show uh, the past couple of weeks, the past couple of months, really. Uh, you know, talking to you all the way going back to you know when we were there at the, the NFC, NFBC draft weekend. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, but... I think now as good a time as ever to mention that you will be starting next week joining Fantasy Sports Today from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time with Craig Mish. You guys might have saw it on Twitter. Craig Mish announced that he will be part of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're happy to have him. He brings a wealth of knowledge as well, both uh, with a fantasy background, a radio background, um, the Miami Marlins background. Uh, he's done a lot of great work. So starting next week, Monday to Friday, Craig Mish Fantasy Sports Today from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, my God, what does that mean? The Fantasy BFFs are going away forever. That is not true. We'll be on from 11 to 12 a.m., I guess, Eastern Time, at, and that's where we'll be. So we're not going away. We'll be 11 to 12, and in Fantasy Sports Today from 12 to 2 with Craig Mish, who obviously has a great background, and every Thursday you will have Brad Ziegler joining Craig Mish on Fantasy Sports Today moving forward. So, Brad, it's been a lot of fun. We appreciate it, man. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on, and and I'm excited to work with Craig. He's one of my best friends. I I think uh, we'll we'll you know stay in that same time slot and and have a good chemistry there. And and uh, you know I, I think it's good for the network. He's he's going to be good to bring in, and and I love that they're they're keeping you all in a, in a great time slot because uh, your show is very entertaining too. I appreciate that. We'll get back to the singing and dancing next week. So uh, that is Brad Ziegler, former major leaguer. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and. There you go. Coming next week, Fantasy Sports Day with Craig Mish. And speaking of Craig Mish, we'll actually have him on the show tomorrow from 12 to 1 p.m. That'll really be his introduction to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network so everyone can get to know him, uh, get to hear what he sounds like, see what he looks like. We're going to have him on Skype. We're going to get some background, what he does with the Miami Marlins, uh, basically what he's ever done in terms of fantasy sports. Uh, but he brings a resume um, and, again, a wealth of knowledge. I'm, I'm going to keep hammering home on that. Chris Ventra. What's up? Close up. My guy. What's going on? What's I'm sorry, good man. I had you sitting out there in the dark for so long. Well, What's no, going on, right. man? How's it Ziegler, you know, the real closer. A true closer, if you will. You know, you were the junior varsity closer. I was a JV closer. He was a real closer. Yeah, yeah. So I, we, we had to pick his brain a little bit. Although I was a good reliever in, in varsity. Too. We got a little, we got, a, we got some football I, in there, I'm too. excited. I just looked at uh, some rankings because I haven't looked. Yeah. And I'm a little excited. You're a little excited. You're jumping in? I don't know about the Joe Mixon thing. I'm more on Fournette. Maybe as a bust. He's 13th ranked right now in oh, fantasy God. pros. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not with it. I'm not oh, with man. it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I believe fantasy Taz, Jim Day, is not a Leonard Fournette fan either. No, yeah. I, I don't want, want to speak for him, but. It's hard because, you know, his personality kind of puts a damper on things and you yes. don't want to like him. The question is, is he a talented running back? He is talented, but I don't think mm -hmm. he's as talented as people think, and he's always getting hurt. Uh, so I don't trust him. 13 seems a little too high for me, you know? Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, I've already done a few best ball drafts. Mm -hmm. I got one going on right now. 
I uh, had the first overall pick. I took Saquon Barkley. I mean, you can make the argument for a bunch of different guys. Zeke, uh, we don't know what's going on with you know, the handcuff situation. Is he going get, to get suspended? Another year, another situation when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. So mm-hmm. we'll, well, I guess we'll figure that out. Christian McCaffrey in the mix. Alvin Kamara in the mix as well. Uh, but wanted to pick Brad, Brad's brain a little bit when it comes to fantasy football because he's a great fantasy football player. And, and you're going to hear that come out too. Uh, you know, whenever he appears on Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Uh, of course, they're going to talk baseball as well. Uh, but that's where we need to go now. It's the baseball, baseball. season venture. So we're going to work football in slowly. You know, June, we'll start to work it in a little bit. July, we'll ramp it up a little bit more. August, I mean, that's really the big time. Obviously, all the drafts are going on. Uh, but, you know, over the next couple of months, we're going to ramp it up a little bit. Uh, but it's still baseball season venture. Yeah. We got a lot to talk we're about. Right in the middle of it. Too. We got a lot to talk and about people when it need comes help. to baseball. Yeah. You know what, let's start off with uh, yesterday. We'll go into yesterday's action. There was a lot going on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I believe every team was in action outside of the Twins and the Brewers. They had a two-game uh, little setup there, mm-hmm. um, and then they were on the road. So uh, they were not in action yesterday, but we had a lot of other teams in action. Let's start off. We'll go in chronological order. Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. Ring the bell, huh? Ring the bell again. It's incredible. Petra. What? What is going Three on? I mean, who, who did we talk about the other day who got their uh, skills space jammed away? Oh, it's Jose Ramirez, right? Yeah, Jose Ramirez. Uh, we'll get to him later on, too. Multi-hit yeah. games, back-to-back games for yeah. Jose Ramirez. Might be the breakout. He got his skill taken away space jam style. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a, a possibility that Josh Bell, secretly part of Was the given? team squad or something, <laughs> he stole the ability away from other major leaguers? Because even in the most optimistic scenario, which I was pretty much in. You couldn't have imagined him doing this then. Yeah. I mean, you joked about it, Josh Bell for MVP. He's legitimate, legitimately the third, third in MVP voting right now, I would say. With Yelich and Bellinger, yeah. Yelich and Bellinger. Right. I mean, look at his overall numbers. 345. He's hitting 345. He's got 18 homers. 51 ribbies. 51 ribbies. Already. It's insane. On May 30th. We're about a third of the season. On through. the Pirates. Is this guy <laughs> like, hit a, uh, he's driving 150 runs this year? I hope so. It's I like, really it's hope so. It's just insane, man. I can't even. I can't. How many homers did he hit last year? In his most optimistic outcome, we could have seen this coming. Right. Like, last year, it's 16 homers, was it? Total? I think it was like 12 or 13. He has 18 now. He really, he, he really fell back. That's why I was off of him. I was like, is he ever going to figure out this right. launch angle situation? It seems mm-hmm. like it's always been an issue for him. He hit 12 homers last year. In 148 games. He's almost about already about to double that. This year he has 18 <laughs> and 54. His Insane. previous career high was 26. So, you know, we've seen glimpses of it. Yeah. But in the minors, he was more so known as good plate discipline, good contact hitter. Mm-hmm. He was a big guy. So you thought maybe the power would come eventually. Nobody yeah. saw this coming, Ben. Uh, yeah, I, would, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say I didn't, I didn't see exactly this coming, but I saw something coming. I, I thought Guys he could hit 30. over 50 homers, dude. Right. He's probably going to hit 40, right? So probably. I would say, you know, 40 plus, around 40, 45. I was thinking more 30. And even when I said 30 at the beginning of the season, people were like, you know, that's yeah, a little bit on, of a stretch. Home yeah, yeah, right. Last year, what are you talking about? I, I just been, you know, I, I've been saying this guy, I feel like was the br- breakout was coming. He's got power. And the one thing that usually takes longest is power sometimes for these guys. Uh, the launch angle, just getting used to the MLB, uh, the way the pitchers are. It's a big jump from AAA or AA. And... I just saw it come out. I knew that he's going to hit for average. All he had to do was lift that ball a little more, not hit it on the ground so much, and he could get it done. He already the had Yelich the plate discipline, too. The Yelich effect, too. Yeah, the Yelich All effect. All he needed to do was lift the ball a little bit. And, and he did it. And uh, he did. 
I don't think, like, I was projecting something really great, but this is beyond my wildest dreams. But I'm happy about it. Listen, I have him in a lot of places, yeah, uh, and I wouldn't I trade mean, him. Dude, that's your call. That is all you. I mean, I know Modica liked him as well, but yeah. I wasn't on him, admittedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had my concerns, so. Yeah, I put him in my top 10, I think, uh, first baseman. Nice. I had him ranked. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a great job there. On the other side, you know, we spoke about uh, Eloy Jimenez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting off the slow starts. You know who hasn't? Nick Senzel. Yeah. How about Nick Senzel? I feel like we haven't talked about him enough. He's hitting 271. Mm -hmm. He's got an 803 OPS. He had his fourth home run of the year yesterday. He's got 11 RBIs. I saw, you know, close to 20 runs scored already. The guy hasn't been around all that long. Yeah. But he, got, he gives you that well, we know he can field do. eligibility, yeah. that outfield eligibility. He's leading off in a good ballpark. Power speed combo. Reds. Should be a good lineup. Yesterday they had Jose Iglesias batting third. What is going on with the <laughs> world right now? Try and figure it out. We come back. We, we have more baseball to cover from last night. We'll have Dr. A of Inside Injuries in Hour 2. It's Chris Venture, The Closer, Frank Stample, Fantasy BFFs on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. Betting baseball, you got to have your head examined, guys. You, you've got to be so strong-willed. It has never been more true if you are diving into a season of uh, betting on MLD because it will drive you crazy. We've got almost over a dozen guys that are on pace to hit at least 50 or more home runs at this point during the season, which is just ludicrous. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stanfield alongside the closer, Chris Ventra. 844-843-6879. If you have a question, we haven't gave out the number in a while. Yeah. But if you do have a question, you can call in. And ask us, whatever it might be, pick up. Should I drop this guy? What do I do with this guy? Do I trade this guy? What's going on with this player? You got a question? Call in 844-843-6879. And I'm being told by my good buddy, friend of the program, loyal listener, watcher, Joe with a mustache, that he is on hold. Is that true? Anyone downstairs? Do we have Joe with a mustache on hold? Yeah, Joe with a mustache. Let's get him on. What's going on, Joey? 
Frank, how are you guys? I'm doing well. What's going on, man? Hey, Chris, how are you, man? Good to, What's good up? to hear you. What's up, Mustache? Good to hear from you. I hope you had a good time that last time you came. Mustache. <laughs> oh, my God. I had, a, I had a blast in New York and New Jersey back in April. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to be up in uh, Toronto next month. I'm seeing the, uh, the Blue Jays and Vlad play. Very nice. Awesome. That was a great what, what did, trip. Did you, watch, uh, did you watch AEW, Double or Nothing, this past weekend? I did not. I was actually at, uh, we, had, we had something called Punk Rock Bowling here. My girlfriend's, uh, my girlfriend's in a band, and one of the bands that she's friends with from Rochester was playing. So we got backstage passes. We got to sit side stage. Oh, nice. The show was fantastic. Dude, you got to catch it out. You got to catch it, though. You got to watch Double or Nothing. I mean, one of the best wrestling oh, I, shows that I've seen in years. It was really, it was so good. Yeah, like, I heard it. I heard it was about fantastic. To, Wrestling's about to be back, Venture, because now these it, guys are going head-to-head with WWE. Not, they're not trying to, but they got a lot of money behind them. Mm-hmm. The son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, his name is Tony Khan. Okay, He's I heard funding of this. this. Mm-hmm. And they got a TV deal already. They got uh, two pay-per-views coming up as well. I mean, look, if you're a wrestling fan, you got to jump in. So this is like WCW of, of the 90s. Oh, WCW yeah, but hopefully 90s. a little bit exactly. better than WCW. Exactly, but it's getting... As long as it's better run, you know, like WCW's run was only about five years. Like if this is, if this takes off and it's on TNT and it goes up head to head, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it should be awesome. Uh, Joe, you got a question? What's going on, man? I do. Um, I, I'm in. So let me let me tell you about my league. It's a 16 team league. Uh, I talked about it a little bit when we were when I was on the show back in April. Um, I've got we play three outfielders, 23 categories head to head every week. Uh, it's 16 teams. 25-man rosters. This is incredibly deep. Um, my infield is just absolutely stacked right now to the point where I'm overstacked and I can, I can stand to move some guys. Um, and I'm looking for a pitcher. So my infield right now is uh, Abreu first, Moncada, Baez, Polanco, Lindor, and Matt Chapman. So I'm overstacked wow. in the infield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, Way over pretty damn good. So... So I've got, I've got two guys that I'm talking to in my league right now, and I'm looking to do like a three for two to get a closer and a starter. And I wanted to see which package, which pair you guys would, would be more interested in. Um, the, the, the one team is in fourth. The other team is in sixth. I'm currently in second place. Uh, I would be, my, the package that I'm putting together to, to ship out is going to be Matt Chapman, Jorge Polanco, and Chris Paddock. And my thought is that I want a top-line closer, and a middle, like a two or a three starter, or an ace starter and a sort of middle of the pack closer. Mm-hmm. The team in sixth or seventh uh, has has said that he's shopping Stephen Matt, but he's also got Tanaka and Sale and Freeland, and like he's pretty stacked in. But what he's more stacked in is the bullpen. This guy's sitting with a with a bullpen of Jansen, Chapman, Trinan. Uh, Iglesias, Boxberger, Oberg, like he is ridiculously stacked in in, in the bullpen. Mm. So the the package I want to I want to get is Masahiro Tanaka, and probably Aroldis Chapman. The other team that I'm talking to has Noah Syndergaard and Roberto Ozuna. So the question is, of those top three closers, Jansen, uh, Chapman, and Trinan. Which one do you like the most? And would you trade those three guys that I that I'm giving up for Tanaka and Tanaka and let's say Chapman or Thor and Osuna? I'll hang up and listen off the air. 
Mm-hmm. Appreciate the call, Joe. Uh, and I think it's it's a fair question. I mean, you a said lot of Chapman, people. Chapman, Polanco, Paddock. Yeah, Chapman. So giving up Matt Chapman, Jorge Polanco, and Chris Paddock. And this is actually kind of a situation that you're in as yeah. well because you're stacked in the infield and you were looking to make a trade. So I think this is relevant for mm-hmm. people who might have ended up with you know a Jorge Polanco who's breaking out or a Yuan Moncada, and you know you have a wealth of infielders. What do you do with these guys? So uh, I think it's a fair question. And right off the bat. The first question he had, can Lee Jansen, Aroldis Chapman, and uh, Blake, Blake Trinan? Yeah. I mean, ranking these guys, I mean, you're going to be looking at splitting hairs here. I mean, yeah. you can't really go wrong with any of them. You can't. But if you had to choose one venture, which way are you leaning between Ken Lee Jansen, Aroldis Chapman, and Blake Trinan? I think I'd go Trinan. I think I'd go Trinan. I know, you know, the Yankees are more inclined to win games and uh, also... Dodgers, but Trinan, I think the, uh, the, the A's play a lot of close games. Trinan's lights out and consistent. Uh, consistent. I worry about Chapman with health down the line. I worry about Chapman with just being inconsistent in general, mm-hmm. getting blown up sometimes. Uh, Jansen, who had you know a blip in the radar in his career, uh, you know last season, and you know I, I still trust him. Obviously, he's a great closer. But Trinan's been great, elite for basically a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. So I just see that this guy. Is the more is the safest bet of the three, right now to me. I can I can see why I can see why you would say that. Uh, looking into some of the underlying numbers here for trying it, still giving you a strikeout per inning, struggling a little bit more with walks this year, but it's still very serviceable. You know, three point six two ERA this year. Mm-hmm. He has eleven saves as well. I think if I had to choose one of these guys, I would lean with a Roldis Chapman. But again, I don't really think there's a wrong answer. It's just yeah. personal preference. But I hear what you're saying in terms of look if you have. Question marks about Rollis Chapman's knee, which has flared up Come at up, times, yeah. then maybe you want to avoid that. Me personally, I would lean with a Rollis Chapman. It's not a Yankee thing. I mean, the guy has 15 saves. He's 13 Ks per nine. He's got a 166 ERA. He's been absolutely lights out yeah. this year. With that being said, putting together a package of Matt Chapman, Jorge Polanco, and Chris Paddock, I would want more than Tanaka and Rollis Chapman in return. Yeah. I would want more. I know you have Polanco's doing too good. Chapman. You have great. questions about Paddock in the future in terms of an innings limit, but he's a right now he's a more valuable pitcher than than Masahiro Tanaka. It's close, but I would rather have Paddock just in a vacuum. Well, it's we don't know if it's a keeper. He didn't really say. No, nah, I, I I I was with him and we were talking about this league. I don't think it's keeper. So um I understand so you're trying not worried. to trade away Paddock. Yeah. But I would I would want to get more than Tanaka and a role to Chapman in return. Even though you have the needs for a reliever, an elite reliever, and you're, you have a wealth of uh, players in the infield, I think that you could do better than this. Yeah. Get to the other deal, Syndergaard and Osuna. I like that trade. Yeah, I like that trade. Actually, too. I like that trade. And that's what I'm talking about. I know Syndergaard's numbers haven't necessarily been there. Did give you a quality start uh, last night. The underlying number's still really good for Syndergaard. And I know Joe with a mustache is a Mets fan as well. So <laughs> that probably adds a little bit more motivation. But I like that package more. Roberto I like Syndergaard Osuna. and R- Roberto Osuna. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Osuna, just as good as these guys. As yeah, I mean, they're all the same tier. They're all elite club um, On a great, you know, maybe the best team in baseball right now. Uh, and I think Syndergaard's on his way to doing a lot better and evening out a little bit. I know he's like... Like you say, he's a thrower more than he is a pitcher. But I think you figure he's still young enough. Uh, he hasn't really shown signs of getting injured yet. I, I trust him, and I think that he could be a good guy at the end of the season. The problem is Paddock, right? Paddock might be, that's why he's trying to get rid of him. Paddock might be trouble at the end of the season. If he gets inning capped, he might miss starts. Uh, 
it might screw up his whole you know plan at the end. This is a guy who's doing great for you. So this is a sell high, a perfect sell high. I don't even think he needs to ch- uh, put Chapman and Polanco in there. I would sell Polanco, okay? Because I think Polanco's doing better right now, and Polanco, I don't think, in the long run, will be as good as Chapman. I like Chapman a lot. I think he's going to be more of... Like, I feel like Polanco's on an all-time high, and it's kind of going to even out eventually. Jorge Polanco? Yeah, Jorge Polanco. So I think if you do Polanco, Paddock, I think you can get a a Syndergaard and Osuna. Or, if you can't, you go the Tanaka, Chapman, or Tanaka training route. I would try that first. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if it comes down to it, maybe give up the Chapman and, and try to, you know, fluff up the deal a little bit. Maybe you could even pull in another piece yourself. Yeah, I do but, agree with that. If you're, if you're going to take the, uh, the Tanaka and the Chapman deal, then I would probably take Matt Chapman out of their side. Give them Jorge Polanco and Paddock for a Tanaka and a roll to Chapman. I think that's actually a fair deal. But if you do want to get the center guard and Osuna the better, in my opinion, the better package. I think that's the better package. I don't really have a problem doing that three for two. Although, you know, I'm a big Matt Chapman fan, but... If you don't need him, I guess you don't need him, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, he's stacked. He's got, he's got Javier Baez. He's got uh, Yohan Moncada. Yohan Moncada actually slowing down a little bit. Yeah, Maybe that's is. the guy I would look to put in this package instead of Matt Chapman. Like Moncada, Polanco, Paddock, and then Ashford. Not a bad idea in a redraft. Yeah. and an Osuna. Let, let's stick right there with Paddock, who yesterday, Ventra, going up against the New York Yankees. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. Welcome to the, bon- the Bronx, Chris Paddock. <laughs> got a nice little greeting right from the start of that game. Yes, we were here did. freaking out about it yesterday. Lead off back to back home runs, Luke Voigt and DJ LeMayhew, but also gave up a home run later on to Gio Urshela. Chris Paddock venture goes five innings, four earned runs, still gives you the six strikeouts, but quite a rude awakening. Yeah. Arriving to Yankee Stadium here, and it's now two of his last three starts that he struggled a little bit, but he was going up against good offenses. It's the Yankees and the Dodgers. So we just spoke about Chris Paddock. Yeah. He's starting to face some tougher competition, and it's he showing. And, you know, he's, he's coming to uh, the East Coast, playing an AL team that you coming never see. off of the never injury, see. whatever. He had the, uh, the stiff necks or right. neck, whatever it was. Uh, and you know what? He, last time out, he pitched, uh, he pitched a gym against the Arizona Dimebacks. Okay, so, he did. Uh, I'm not too worried about it or anything. I expected him to get blown up here. Actually, I tried to pull him out. Uh, on my team and put in Joey Lucchese, who's starting against at Miami this week. I think today, actually. Yeah. Um, which would have been a much better start. Oh, yeah. But I ran out of time. It turned 105, and the 105 game started on Monday. You guys stopped playing Fortnite. Uh, no, you know, it was Memorial Day. So yeah, that's true. it threw me off. Um, but anyway, yeah, like, I'm okay with even, that I even left Paddock in. But obviously, I expected a little better than this, not give up the four earned runs there. Uh, he still gave you six Ks. Uh, what was it? Yeah, six Ks, right? Yeah. Six, six Ks. Ks five innings. And, you know, listen, he, he's going to get hit. Uh, you're in an AL ballpark. Yankees are a hitter ballpark. Yankees have been hitting well. They're in first place in their division, one of the better teams in the AL. It's going to happen. I'm not too worried about it, but I will say, you know, if Paddock does start to fall off a little bit and, and really start, his ERA starts dropping, I would look to ship him, uh, especially, you know, if you're a team in the run for the playoffs. I would look to ship him very soon. So you could get him at this value right now. If you start seeing indications, XFIP and things like that, if you're looking at things and you see that it's indicating maybe a little bit of a regression, well, I would we look knew to... some regression was going to come, right? Because he wasn't mm-hmm. going to pitch to a sub-2 yeah, ERA yeah. all season. And we said that when talking about Paddock. You had to be realistic. As much as everyone loves Chris Paddock and you can't say a bad word about the guy, he wasn't going to pitch to a sub-2 ERA as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Mid-90s fastball. He's got a lights-out changeup. 
future's bright for Chris Paddock, but we knew that there was going to be some regression here for him. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out. Just don't try and trade him away just for the sake of trading him away. Uh, but just keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. Might have an innings limit at some point. Skip him through the rotation here or there. Venture on the other side, James Paxton returned from the IL, and it looked pretty damn good. I mean, four no-hit innings. Mm-hmm. Through 66 pitches, I wish he would have went through the fifth so he could have been eligible for the win, but that was by design. They wanted him to throw 70, 75 pitches, so he was at 66 through four. They're like, all right, let's not chance it. He's given us you know, four really, really good innings, uh, but he had seven strikeouts yesterday, Ventra, mm-hmm. and also had 17 swinging strikes. Uh, looks like James Paxton hasn't really missed a beat here. Let's That's just great. hope that he can build up the pitch count for starts. To come. In the right. Future. Yeah, they got to be very careful because, you know, this guy has a, a long history of injuries. And I just think, listen, the, the stuff is electrifying. Uh, K's a ton of people. But you want to see, uh, for any, I think that was smart by the Yankees because you don't want to push him at all. You need him for the playoffs. You know, right now you're in first place. Your team's doing well. No reason to, uh, to, to push anything, to force anything that's not mm-hmm. there. Uh, and, yeah, great start. You're happy if you're a Paxton owner. The thing is, I will say, like, if I, like, I'm not a Paxton owner right now, but if I was, I might be looking to ship him too. Uh, You're trading everyone away. Well, I want to trade guys that I think, (laughs) listen, if they gain some value in the interim and, you know, he has high value already, like, he could end up killing, you know, hurting you real bad at the end of the season. The guy gets hurt a lot if he's not around, right? Because, you know, when he's on. He's gonna field. He's gonna pitch. He's gonna pitch well. He pitches well most of the time. There there are times he gets blown up though too. He has his ball games. You know, over the past couple years, a low to mid threes ERA, really good. Stuff's great. You know, eleven, twelve Ks per nine. Mm -hmm. He's legit when he's on the field. But that's obviously that's the biggest concern when he's on the field. So you know, he's dealing with this knee injury. He's wearing a a knee brace, a la Stone Cold. Got a (laughs) knee brace on his leg, but. I hear what you're saying. You know, if he puts together a string of three or four really good starts, maybe trade him for someone of his caliber, a top 15 That's safer. starting pitcher, right. who you don't have the same injury concern about. Right, right, right. Not like a Steven Strasburg, because you worry about injuries with him too, but you know, someone in there, like a Patrick Corbin, someone like that, you don't really have the injury concern, right? right? So I, I hear what you're saying. There. I think that's a great move right there. Labor yeah. Torres hit another home run yesterday, and oh my God, he hit a home run not against the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> so proving that he can do it. Great, great, phenomenal year so far yeah. for Glaber Torres. Let's keep it moving here, Ventra. The Angels and the A's. Yeah. 12 to 7. Lots of runs scored here in this game, but not earlier on in this game because Griffin Canning made the start here, Ventra. Six innings, three hits, one and run, zero walks. Love to see that from the rookie. Five strikeouts. Now has a 3.06 ERA over his last three starts, Ventra. Mm-hmm. 18 innings pitched, two earned runs, two over 18 innings. 15 strikeouts for Griffin Canning. The young rook. This is your guy. This is my guy. A guy I picked up right away when he came up. Uh, and He had some hiccups, but now he's putting it together. He's putting it together. Uh, I, I like everything I see. And I I'm going like to keep... There's a butt coming. There's a butt. I, 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 <laughs> listen, I'm in a keeper's league here, so obviously I like him a lot. But when, you're, when you have a team built around a lot of young rookies that are going to get capped, it's a very dangerous thing game to play. So... I want to, like I said, push him for a veteran guy. I'm okay with giving him up because, listen, it's not Paddock. I'd rather keep Paddock over him. Paddock, to me, looks like a true elite ace for the future. Canning does as well, but, you know, I think Canning's going to have, uh, you know, a little bit, a lot of, in, you know, a lot less innings pitched mm-hmm. this year. He's still going to have to probably have a cap next year, and by his third season, maybe we'll see a full season out of Griffin Canning because this is how it works. You know, you, you climb a ladder as a pitcher over seasons to – to build up your arm strength and your stamina for a full season. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, listen, the guy's great. I'm very happy I have him now. And the more he pitches well, the better it is for us who own him so that we could sell him uh, for a lot better of a, a product coming back. So, uh, you know, great start from Griffin Canning against the Oakland A's. There's nothing more I could ask for right here. Quality know, start, everything you wanted. I don't know that we've ever seen this many starting pitchers who might be on an innings cap later on in the season that we have to worry about. I feel like it's a lot of rookies more prominent this year than ever before. I mean, we have look, we have Max Freed, we yeah. have Chris Paddock, we have Mike Soroka, we have Canning. Griffin Canning. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of starting pitchers that we have to worry about yeah. with this innings limit. So I, I, I agree with you, and I think you know Brad Ziegler, what he said earlier on about young players, he would agree too. Yeah. I mean, you want a few of these guys to mix in on your team, but if you have too many, Especially you have to worry league. about it later on in the season. Exactly, and that could be a big downfall. We have a lot more to talk about from yesterday's action. We'll have Dr. Ray of Inside Injuries on later on in Hour 2. But for now, closer Chris Venture. I am Frank Sample. We'll be back right after this. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 